Hey everyone. So here's one thing about trauma. If you've been traumatized, you have organized your life around fear. Fear is the magnet. It's like gravity. It's like the moth that is always looking for the light. Right? Fear is the electric force that keeps you paralyzed. Fear. It's a huge power. It's a nuclear powerhouse of electromagnetic pull. So when you say, oh, you know, I don't know why I can't change, or I, you know, <clears throat> I feel stuck, you know, I, I can't seem to change my life. Let me go read another 300 self-help books. Let me chant, let me whatever. The furnace of that place is fear. That is the bubbling cauldron that keeps you stuck. Fear is an energy. It's a massive energy. And if that happened early on, then that fear has, you know, triple the amount of warheads on it. You will be devoured, you will be smothered, and you will get stuck. And you will organize a life around it. So, if, as they say, if there's an elephant in the room, the elephant doesn't have a lot of energy. The fear does. The fear is like having a huge, massive magnet in the room around which you will organize your life, but you will never leave. I always keep thinking about it like the elastic on a ping pong paddle, right? So that the ball is always, it seems to be going off the paddle, but in fact, it's, it, it's elasticated, it's always returning back. So, fear. There are tons of books on fear. <laughs> Again, more words. It's not about words. It's an energy. It's a powerful, smothering energy. It's that hundred foot wave that I keep talking about all the time. So, um, you might not see it. This is the thing about fear. You might have buried it so deeply that you don't actually see the pulsating, emanating, you know, radioactive sort of signals it has on you. It do, you, you, you must really don't see it. You might see it in actions. In other words, you might see like you're stuck or why can't I or whatever, but you can't <clears throat> see it necessarily. I couldn't. So um, the act of that terror had two effects on my particular life. One is make it go away like ASAP and submit, play dead, build whatever it needs, this person needs, 
And it now it has you. It owns you. And then you become a convert to it. So your life force just go, bye-bye, there is nothing there. It really is like being hijacked in the dark. You know, someone stole your vehicle. But it was dark, you couldn't see who did it, and now you're in their garage and you still, you think this is life, but you've actually been owned. Now, it's almost, it's, it's a very sort of haunted house dragon fairy tale but it, it's exactly what it is because when you go into your shadow or whatever it is that you're you know dealing with on your journey you're going to face the one that owns you that's awfully polite but you're going to meet the you know shit ward the fuck ward who owns you <coughs> and there might be other things witchcraft spells who knows I had no idea for the most part it's mostly this, you know, overwhelming terror. So how far back, the question is, to release this, how far back can you go? Can you go back to zero? One month, two months, four months, six months? Yeah. Do you want to? No. <laughs> no. But you have to. All right? You have to get to the scene of the crime. Was it in this lifetime? I don't know. I think so. People talk about other lifetimes. I don't know about other lifetimes. But perhaps I just haven't gotten there. Right? But you have to release. You have to go back. Because here's the thing. When you arrive, you're a sponge. A pulsating sponge of newly arrived nerve endings and neurons and you're being cooked and on arrival because you know our head's too big so it takes another year and a half to cook up right serves up a lot happens a lot happens so <clears throat> if your magnificent sponge is arrives to a beautiful sunlit you know idyllic garden where there's flowers and water and caring parents and, you know, all that lovely stuff that you'd get on a vacay in Tahiti. That, and then you're set. You're going to be fine. You're going to blossom, you know. You're going to fulfill your script, whatever that is. You're going to be at one. Yes, there are hiccups and stuff. No one's life is perfect. Absolutely. But if you arrive to the gulag, <laughs> Solzhenitsyn's gulag, where it's freezing cold, it's bleak and cruel and loveless, well, it's a kind of, it's a fuck you situation. It's like, then it's a whole different outcome. And that's where trauma happens. And that's where you arrive to no safety, fear of the parent, fear of the predator, and you become fuel. However that happens, whether they abuse you, whether they decide that they want to just, you know, expel all their vomit on you from all their own, their own crap, so you just get smothered with it. 
whatever the momentum is coming at you, right? It's like when you arrive, you're arriving either again to this kind of almost Bambi-like existence where it's like, okay, you get the first few years to just be taken care of, or you arrive to, you know, a, a house of horrors. And you see, it doesn't have to be, because it may all look fabulous. It all may look straight up fine, but in fact, it's not about what it looks like. It's about what the, you're feeling. It's about what's happening to you. So if you're coming in and out of consciousness, which you are on arrival because you haven't fully, you know, children don't recognize themselves in the mirror until they're two, there's a lot being absorbed into your system. You're here, right? So you're, you're, you're feeding off what you arrive to. You don't not feed, you don't stop bubbling, right? Every breath, every word, every look, every act is marked in your system. It's like graffiti inscribed upon your whole physical body, as well as your emotional and mental body, because we're one unit, you're one walking unit of stuff. Everything is affecting everything else. So, The effect of not being safe, of being t not taken care of or whatever, is terror. Terror. That's what seeps into your system. Fear. And it becomes, again, like this huge oil spill. But it's not just an oil spill that cancels you out. No. It's an oil spill, it's an energetic oil spill of poison. And what it is, is fear. It's them, it's a combination of whatever's going on, your own fear, your lack of safety, the abuse, whatever they did, it doesn't, again, all of this, the only, the only thing that's important as far as what happened is the extent to which you were smothered and activated by fear, right? So what happens in fear? It's a, fun, it's a huge subject, but I can only talk about early on, right? Because that's when I have had the experience. Well, fear early on does several things. First of all, it puts you on high alert, right? High alert, which means I'm gonna fucking die. I have no power, I'm vulnerable. So vigilance, high alert. Number two, you've got to figure out how you're not going to die here, right? How are you not going to die when you, the child somehow registers that this is a very unsafe place? You can't run, you can't waddle out with your diaper, right? So there's a strategy for armament. A strategy for armor. I'm going to forget this. I'm going to fragment. I'm going to black out. You're going to do something, right? When the monster's coming at you, you're going to do something. So, and thirdly, <coughs> there's submission. There's a strategy that's like a camouflage, it's like a 
I'm going to pretend dead. Now, there are many strategies, I suppose, as a child. Whatever you did to mitigate the terror. But the terror is still in your system, right? So if it's a, you know, growling mother, you know, a dissatisfied parent that takes out its frustrations on you, a mother that tortured, there was one comedian where the mother would torture, the, I mean, it was horrific. So a parent that just, just pretends you don't exist, completely rejects you. Whatever the cruelty, the injury, you will build some kind of strategy. So my earliest memory after this shit ward beat the shit out of my brothers was to take us all downstairs and organize my brother to apologize to him. Right? I mean, he was a piece of evil. But I was always, how are we going to make this safe for all of us? Right? How are we going to make this safe? So this arrival, when you're still uncooked into what can only be described as a war zone, because that is a child when it arrives is powerless, it's a war zone. That we, that we just skip childhood, right? So let's go straight to, oh fuck, we need an AK-47, or we're gonna die. In fact, in one of the ceremonies, <laughs> Literally, I went into the bathroom and all my, uh, when I was in Peru doing ayahuasca, I went into the bathroom and all my children like were armored up in military fatigues and AK-47s from zero to like 18 or something in the, in the tub. I'll never forget that. I was outside with my husband doing something and then suddenly I go into the bathroom, there they are. They're all armored Now, what's interesting is that, so the fear takes over, and it literally is an energetic thing in your system. It's, we call it, I call it the, uh, the firewall. The thing about, okay, so the thing about when you go into these altered states where you literally have access like an x-ray or a microscope to your whole energetic story and field. Yeah, because everything is acting upon everything else. You can't just, you know, meditate your life away. That's, I mean, I just, certainly hasn't worked for me. Meditation has brought me closer to seeing what the, energe the energetic field, right? Everything is happening upon us, to us. We're reacting all day, every day, to the weather, to a person, to the person's words, to this. We're in constant state of interaction with the world, right? Always. The thing about meditation is that it allows you to see what you've built. If you sit silently enough, you begin to view all the reactions that the world has had upon you. You get to see the person that was built out of the responses to a zillion reactions since you were born. Think about it, the day you were born, actually you must read your story, you're responding in the womb too. So the minute that sperm makes it, whichever one wins, right? Boom, game on. You are being built by every breath, by every feeling, by everything that's going on from the beginning. Some people say things are happening to them in the womb. 
again, I don't have any experience, but I can believe that because we are nervous systems, nervous systems that are responding on a moment-to-moment -moment basis to everything that's going on. So, <clears throat> and one of the things about the smothering, if it's early on, by darkness, by terror, by the predator, is that it's one theme. It's one thing. So, and if you go on this journey off the road into your own, onto your own continent, it's like really like you're, you know, you're really traveling your own, the perimeter of your own country or kingdom, which you can't see if you've been terrified and you've had to build strategies to survive that. The ayahuasca opens it up, right? So it's like, okay, you, you, you're huddled up in some tiny <coughs> room somewhere in someone's mansion, your mansion, or you've been evicted and all the ghoulies have taken over. And she's going to say, okay, now I'm going to open up all the doors. You can see everything. Why you're in the basement right now. <coughs> Terrified. So this is how I imagined it because of my own actions. So if you don't want to taste something, there is something in your taste buds that you can do, which I can do, I'm sure everybody can do, where you can swallow something you don't like, like ayahuasca, for example. It's, 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 really, it's, it's really difficult to swallow because it's like, it's just, you know, it's a lot of, it just doesn't taste at all nice little. So I have this way where I can like, you know, somehow get it down without, you know, puking it up. And the same strategy that I use for ayahuasca, I've used my whole life. I'm not going to taste this. I'm not going to feel this. I'm not going to see this. I'm not going to. And I did that from very early on. Very, very early on. As a way to survive. It's like in-law triage, right? <laughs> I don't like this. Stick it under there. I don't like that. I'm going to put it over here. I mean, <clears throat> I'm going to refuse to taste this, to see that. And... You're, you know, that's whatever the strategy, that was my strategy early on. I don't like this. I'm not seeing this. So what you're doing by continuously refusing reality is you're refusing yourself. And you are accepting what is going on. You're authorizing it and refusing what you feel. Children are at their most vibrant on arrival. The nerve endings are the, at their most, you know, vibrant. The most in, uh, intelligent, I would say, because you're emotionally newly arrived, right? <coughs> so you're, you know, it's like um, a new computer brand spanking you just came off the factory floor right you haven't got any viruses you haven't got any you're just you're ready to go 
However, <clears throat> instead of ending up in Tahiti, you've ended up in the Gulag. So now you're going to, you know, you're going to be infected, I would say, smothered by, especially if it's horrific, all that terror. It's an overload to your system, number one. <clears throat> and number two, you are going to cancel out the vitality of you and your script by refusing the reality that's going on because it's too overwhelming. So I'm gonna stick that over here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick so many things under my bed that my bed is gonna rise into the air like 50 feet. But I just keep not seeing it. Ain't no one here is gonna help me out, right? I don't see any allies. You're not, yeah, I don't see anybody on this landscape, you know, coming to save the day. So here's the deal. I need to accommodate this. By accommodating it, I refuse the truth of my feelings. I keep hiding them. I keep accepting this. And I keep playing dead or building myself according to the trestle that's here, right? You're a plant. You're going to grow around that shape. It's not you, but you're owned. And what owns you is fear. Now that becomes the organizing principle of your life. At the center of, the, of, my, of this garden is a trestle. And that trestle is fear. And you are going to grow a something around that. So I don't grow a self based on I'm having this experience and my response is X. And that's accepted and acknowledged. No. I'm building life on, I can't, this is terrifying, there's nothing I can do, let me make that go away. So nothing goes away, right? No. It just gets put into another part of your energetic field. It's, it's like your, your dumpster. So you just keep putting yourself and all your feelings in this dumpster that has all the real feelings that you can't see because you've calculated a way, I certainly did, to ensure that I didn't see, feel, hear that. You know, if you've got, as again, a corkscrew and two lemons, you're going to figure out what to do with it, right? When you have lemons, you make lemonade. You're going to figure a way to survive. So you've now built the thing that refused all of you. Why? Because at the core of that place is terror. whoever that is. There's a crazy man screaming. There's a volatile alcoholic. There's a mother that's um, frustrated, angry, you know, passive aggressive, whatever. And you are, you know, sitting inside the cauldron of all of this. You're being created here. So the organizing principle of your existence is fear. And fear then actually owns you, lives in you. Again, it's like the Wizard of Oz. If you go, you know, the guy behind the machine, if you keep with ayahuasca, as you go through the layers and layers and layers and layers and layers, at the center is 
is fear. Terrifying, insurmountable, pulsating fear, which is the very reason you have refused everything. You have refused all, your, all the feelings, all the reality of what happened because it was too terrifying. So fear is it. Fear, that massive nuclear um, pulsating um, thing, energy, is dominates the whole scene. It dominates your life. You're inside its stadium. And it it's it's it, and the thing that you've built is a thing that was built around the trestle of fear, right? It's the thing that you built that was um manufactured by fear. It's the armor you built um, to deal and cope with it. But it's a paralysis. And it's a paralysis and it's a capture. It's a paralysis and a capture. Because at the time everything happened, you were barely here, right? And it actually doesn't even matter, even if you're four, five, six, it's all terrifying. You're too little to do anything about the situation. So this thing, it's fear, owns you. And in my instance, it literally took over everything. And it's its, it's, its own pulsating energy. It lives as a living, breathing um, it's just an energy body. I don't know how to describe it. It's 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 actually in your system. It's like a virus, like a something, you know, it's like a <clears throat> it lives and owns you. So as you strip down the layers, and I did it with meditation and ayahuasca, and you, 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 you begin to let all the truth of what actually happened come out. And I, I think about it like a Zabar sponge. It's all flat, and then you put it in water and it comes out, right? So <clears throat> as you release the layers of fear, And you, are, you, you release the truth of the feelings and the events. I mean, I had so many events and so many feelings. It's been a long time. Just And then also the, you have the resistance, right? So the resistance is if, if, if I see any of this, I'm going to die. If I see any of this, I'm going to realize I have no parents. I realize that I'm on the verge of death. 
I'm going to realize that, you know, I hate them. There's all the stuff you cannot see as a child. It will overwhelm you. So um, what happens is everything that you have denied from day one, the minute that fear showed up, that minute you realize that, oh, God, there's no, uh, there's no getting out of this place. And if I feel and see the truth, I'm going to die, right? So from that day, you start packing that, you know, under the bed stuff. You keep, you, you're, you're packing all the stuff under the bed, right? You're putting it into the shadow. It's like, it's like you keep moving things into the shadow. But like, in my instance, it was everything. Every breath was potential death. That's what it's like for a child, right? You'd have no, nowhere to go. So as you, and this is what the ayahuasca medicine does, is it gives you the safety and the allies to start removing the layers. And under every layer is an act or a feeling that was refused. And it needs to be surfaced. Right, so I didn't, ex I didn't, you know, expect uh, accept that. Boom, you see it, you go through it, and again, it's through holograms and visions and physically and. <coughs> <coughs> but for the most part, it's one. In my instance, I, I it, it's one theme. If you go back into your history, it's usually one person, one theme. Right, and. It was made clear to me even before I did the ayahuasca. <clears throat> and that was in a vision where I was in a room with a rotting corpse, which is my dad. He was already dead, but the corpse was rotting. And I couldn't leave the room. My children were next door, and I ha you know, they needed me to go play with them. And I couldn't leave this room. That's how powerful, and that's the whole theme. The theme was the terror of this one person on a small child that held me captive with that terror. And then the sexual abuse, et cetera, that happened. But it was all around this overwhelming theme of fear and terror. Now, that man is well dead, right? Your parents might still be alive. The perpetrator might or not be alive. But the fact is that that thing continues to register and have activity within you. <coughs> so the ayahuasca is removing layers and layers of, and it's really pulling everything from out under the bed. Oh, look, here's this. Oh, shit, right? You didn't want to see it. Here it is. You're going to feel it. And how the ayahuasca probes is she probes everywhere. She's probing every cell of your body to remove the terror and the, the event that created that terror. And what will happen, and I, again, this is something which I don't really understand, but I see, is they're almost like there are these demonic forces or dark energetic parasites that feed off your fear. Like anything, right? 
if an animal dies and it's out in the woods, they're gonna, things are going to come and feed off it, off its carcass. In the same way, if you are paralyzed by fear, and fear is a generating activity of your system, it will attract other parasites to feed off the fear. And so with me, I, I have these things which come up as these kind of, my face contorts, and there's all this kind of demonic stuff going on. It's not demonic like exorcism, you know, the exorcist demonic. It's not, I mean, it's, at first it's a little bit like yuck, but it, you just, it's like these things. It's like they're feeding off your terror. So in the end, you need, the, the, the ultimate goal is de to deactivate that um, pull to deactivate that magnetic pull of fear that has you paralyzed and like a moth, right? And around the light, you're just, you're feeding there. And if I look at my whole life, it's simply an act of uh, armor. And again, I talk about the firewall of the electric fence. You can't leave it because it's too scary to leave. So to leave, you need to actually face it. And it means the events that caused it. So in a very Excel sheet way, there's an event, there's a reaction, there's an imprisonment. So if someone came in as a little munchkin and did something terrible to you, your reaction is pure terror, right? The event is you can't do anything with that feeling. There's no one there to be your ally. There's paralysis. Mine must have, it's right, you fright uh, uh, or flight. Mine must have freeze. But we're like animals, they just shake off the freeze and they go, but adults, uh, um, human beings, we don't. We hold on to these, in, in ayahuasca, they call them blockages. We hold on to these places where we froze and never unfroze. And the ayahuasca you can feel it in your system, goes and searches out the blockages in your system. So if you imagine that blockage as a disease, as a festering wound in your system, if you've not addressed it in a long time, you know, there's going to be, you know, layers and layers of shit in there, right? It's like anything that's been festering for a while. It will have accumulated other disgusting things, so to speak. I mean, I hate to be whatever, but you know, it's just like a fe it's been festering. It never got resolved. It remained paralyzed in your system. And therefore it spread, right? So, um, the ayahuasca is looking for you, is, is removing Layers. I mean, you are removing. I mean, you know, you're accepting the removal of these layers because 
if I don't want to see it, it's because I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified of what it's going to do to me. Right? Because you're still the two, the three, the five-year-old. So the ayahuasca will take you into it as a parent, as an ally. And I have Indians and I, you'll, you'll, you'll meet all sorts of different guides that will help you. And together, they allow for this removal of these layers. They, they give me the safety to see. Because the only way I'm going to heal is by seeing. So it's interesting. There, so there's the actual event, right? What that was done to you. There's the response to that event, which is terror. There's the paralysis of the event. And then there's a hiding of the event. And then there's the thing that I've seen too, which is I'm going to frighten you so you never see this. <coughs> I'm going to frighten you so much that you will never face this. So there's actually quite a lot of elements there, right? There's the event itself, which is terrifying. There's the response to the event. When you have no tools, you have no nothing to fight it with, right? So there's a, a paralysis or a freezing. Then you hold it in your body, in your system, right? Where it begins to fester. There's the building of a self over it which is like, again, you know, a Michelin five-star sauce over rotting meat. And then added to that, which is something I really forgot about, is, and which I've seen, is the thing that says, don't look here. And it's terrifying. And I, that was one of the biggest breaks for me after 13 years of meditation, of seeing this thing in the attic that said, don't come here. Don't look here. Because that's where they, you're owned. You're owned by the not knowing. You will proceed with the camouflage and the fulfilling its agenda as long as it scares you. You will not live your life as long as it scares you. That's why fear is such a huge thing storm that you have to go into because if you don't face it it will own you and your life force and you're basically not here because what you're building is something which is responding to fear and it can't be the totality and the truth of you if it's built out of fear if it's built out of fear it's armor. If it's built out of fear, it's a diminutive you, version of you. It's a diluted version of you, if, if, if even that. If there's fear, you are running from yourself. It puts you on the run from your truth. So the journey is to go face the fear to get past the dragon that's saying, don't look here. 
What happens if you go in there? Well, you're going to see layer after layer after layer of everything that you had to refuse that was real, that you had to hide in your system, that you had to do to legitimize what was going on so you would survive. But you disappeared. Right? You're either nourished and watered and grown for who you are, or if you arrive if you arrive in Tahiti, if you arrive at the gulag, right, you're immediately in an unsafe place. And immediately you have to build versions of yourself to deal with everything that you cannot deal with. So you reject it. If you reject that reality, you reject you. And you build, first of all, you internalize them, right? Thereby internalizing the dragon. And then you are stuck, magnetized by the fear. <coughs> So there's a lot to face. There's a lot to face. And it's saying, don't look here. I will terrify you. So you will not look here. So you will not see the reality of what happened. Because if you see the reality of what happened, well, first and foremost, the king gets toppled, right? The person that evicted you from your house is thrown out. You see them for who they are, number one. Number two, you have to then relive everything that happened, which is it's terrifying then and it's terrifying now, right? You're gonna have to feel everything that you refuse to feel. And then, who are you? Right? You don't know who that person is because you haven't had any experience of living in the truth of who you are because you've been built as a submarine to carry the explosives. You've been built out of fear. You've been built as a warship, right? To ensure that they get away with whatever it is that they're doing for their own agenda. So the ayahuasca opens up everything. But it's you that must go into these, you must agree to go into these places and cleanse everything. And if this, this, let's call it Brian for the sake of it, if this roaring, raging monster is saying, don't look here, which I have, it's like, don't look here. I'm going to continue to keep looking. And something's happened very, very early on. And you don't even know what they are, and you don't even know how to release them. 
So I literally had one ceremony where, or one evening, it wasn't even a ceremony, where I was lying in bed and literally it was like, you know, the when, if you're lying down on a, on a gurney inside an operating room and literally all these lights were switched up above me like I was going into an operating theater, like I was in an operating theater and they were going to get deep into these other terrors, right? And again, once you're connected to the ayahuasca, she doesn't stop working on you. If you're willing to accept and go into it and commit. And so I literally, I was in an operating theater and then all this horror memories early on came up which were and it wasn't even images it was my whole body had been um, had carried these pockets of terror from events that were very hazy but like it, they were being released you are holding the terror in your body in this meat bag you're holding all the information all of it in your system. So it's almost like I'm being turned inside out. And there are a million plants that are moving through every cell of my body to see where it's located, where the terror is lodged. And it might have been pre-conscious, right? So zero, six months, a year, the terror, you're not responding with thought as a child. You're responding like, you know, these very highly sensitized nerve endings. They're registering all the information and it's, it's, it's your, your whole being is being affected by it. So fear in that most vulnerable place is a massive energy. That energy, that event is stored in your body. It's a blockage in your system. It's a freezing. There's no one there to take care of you. You're very unsafe. Okay, next. I'm going to store it over here. I'm going to store it over there. I'm going to store... I cannot accept this reality right. Let me just like, that didn't happen. I can't taste that. I'm swallowing it, but I can't taste it. Everything is a rejection of the reality that's happening to you and upon your body, and you have no access to it. So I have a whole layer of sewage call it the shadow, I call it the sewage of just that is, you know, smothered across my whole system, layers of sewage. And on top of that is the denial. On top of that, and it's, is, I'm going to build the person that's going to cover that. It's paralyzed, it's accommodating everything's fine, but underneath is just this sweltering, fetid, repugnant, pungent 
stench of darkness and terror and fear. And you're always trying to prove that you're strong, right? Because the weaker you feel, the more strength you've got to prove. And also, there's, let's just bypass childhood. Let's just completely, you can't do that in nature. Nature, you can't do that. You can't bypass being a bulb and go straight to being a flower. So, fear is, the, is a massive energy. It's a massive magnetic pull. It needs to be deactivated. And the way to deactivate it is to go find it. To go see everything you've refused. Now this is very far, so I talk about it like it's right next door to me, but this is very far away from me. In other words, you know, I was in Australia and this thing was on Venus. I mean, I had completely severed from it. My topsoil was very powerful. I had deeply buried the truth. I had, and it was deeply buried because there was so much fear. And then there was this thing. And then I also had, not only did I have the terror so first of all, I had the hidden reality, like I'd hid the truth of what had happened. Then I had the terror that was hidden. And then I had my own dungeon keeper that said, if you come here, you will die. So you're staying away from this kind of toxic, right? It's like high radiation zone. You're on the run from that, right? Refusal of the reality refusal of your feelings, paralysis by terror, and then your own custom-made, you know, dragon that says, if you come anywhere near this, you will die. So you're on the run from all of it, right? You're, you know, I certainly was. I'm just going to build this per other person that, you know, will, it will never be close to that ever. I mean, I won't ever see that. But the fact is that we're, it's always leaking through you, no matter how much you try to run from it, no matter how many drugs you take, no matter how much whatever you do, right? It's always going to be leaking into you. And that might show up as a disease. So it's like your whole house is, is built on this massive piece of sewage that just gets more disgusting the more you refuse it. But remember, when you go to accept it, if you go in and you face it and you realize, and you remember your whole house that you've built is going to collapse. The whole person you have built, your whole armor, will dissolve as the sewage is seen. Right? All of it goes together, both a massive toxic radio you know radi uh, radiation and also the massive pristine falsehood of everything's okay both of it needs to be collapsed because none of it 
is you. If you've built a person that is the outcome of terror. So the ayahuasca and why it takes a while is because it's, it, it, if you've, you know, if you've stored a lot of um, denial, and of course, it's happening when you're little. So there's no conscious sort of arrival at it, right? It's not like it's right there. If you've been running from it and building arm around it and everything else for a long time, it just gets further, it, you just get further and f your consciousness gets further and further away from it. The ayahuasca is looking for the blockages. It's looking for the refusal. It's looking for the events that paralyzed you. And I'm not, you know, it, it, I don't know how, that, how it works, but I know what it does. I don't pretend to know anything about the ayahuasca and how it works. It's just, for me, it's been an incredible privilege and gift. But she's like basically the scourer of blockages and truths. And she opens up your whole energetic field and will move you through each piece that needs to be addressed and seen and attended to. For me, it was a complete hostile takeover of evil. The terror was so huge that it paralyzed everything. So there was so much under the bed, so to speak, that this has been a very delicate um, removal. It's like being smothered in thorns, right? It's like you're smothered in thorns and you're in incredible pain, but everything's fine. <laughs> and you're great and your job is great. And wow, you know, they've got a new Starbucks on 85th Street. Wow, okay. This, this fragmentation, this, this ability to build a separate self over this massive continent of sewage is insane. But it's all about paralysis. So the thing is to get back to the flow, right? To return to the soul that's been stolen. Your life force doesn't show up when all this is going on. You're buggered off somewhere, right? There's just this, this relative relationship between terror and the predator and your frozen, paralyzed child that's accepting everything and pretending it didn't happen, didn't like it didn't happen. And in that complete refusal, it owns you completely and utterly. And it's like ether. You cannot see it. You cannot see it because you're in it. You've been, it's like being in, in, in the whale, right? Jonah and the whale. You're in the whale. You don't know you're in the whale, but you are. So the only way the ayahuasca can extract you is by removing these layers so that you get to see. And there's a lot of resistance that you have as a child to not seeing because you're so terrified of the overwhelming feelings 
of what's going to happen if you see it, which is why the ayahuasca becomes your second family. And she shows up, you know, as the Indian said, you know, she sent the Indians to you. I have thousands of Indians that show up. To let go that child, and what you're dealing with is your child that's been terrified, it needs to have a family and safety and love around it so it can bear to see what it refused. You know, you can only go back in when you're accompanied, right? You can only go in and see when you're accompanied by love and connection and this incredible family and your allies in that place. It's a hostile takeover. And we are spirits, you know, we're energies, right? This is a particularly horrific psychic attack by this darkness, this man who was very, very evil. And I was very innocent. And we are as children, we're very innocent. We don't know how to respond, right? We don't have weapons, we don't have anything. We can't do anything, we're our most vulnerable. So my thing was, my decision or my way of coping was, this isn't happening. I'm gonna just keep pretending this isn't happening even though I'm absolutely paralyzed and terrified. I've got nowhere to go. I'm not waddling into another house with my diaper on. I'm stuck here, this is it. So I'm gonna pretend this isn't happening. I'm going to put all those feelings and hide them somewhere. That's what we do. What do you do when you're in the desert and you're looking for water? You don't have a lot of options. But at some point, that whole thing has to be upended. All of it. And that means, and they're counting on things like, you won't betray your parents. That's a very powerful thing, right? So you're gonna keep the paralysis. There are all sorts of other things like guilt, shame, all the stuff that you're not supposed to feel. The things that will stop, there are all sorts of ways that prohibition happens so you don't upend them. They know that. And even when you do the ayahuasca, right? I had to convince my little girl, you have to tell me what happened. You will agree to all of it, even as it's a floating sewage is floating through your system. You will agree to cover it up. You will agree to not see it. And then when you go to face it, you're gonna have these other savages, these other dragons of, you know, I'm gonna terrify you so you don't come in here and see it. You can only come to here oh, you want to see more? I'm going to terrify you even more. That is what this is about. It's about facing all of this memory, all of this paralyzed reality that still lives within you. The parents, the people that did it to you, upending all that, those, the truths about them. 
all the feelings of betrayal that you're going to feel about what you're doing because you've kept the secret for them. You've agreed to it, right? And then finally, you don't know who you are because you've never been it. You have had the fear as a tower of magnetic nuclear force and you basically, like a planet spinning around it. Now the whole thing needs to be collapsed like a black hole. There's a terror of, well, who am I now? Before you were just building stuff, right? You're building. Now there's no more building left. You don't build anything. You just expel all the resistance. You see everything that's happened. You relive. You cleanse. That's what the ayahuasca does. She cleans you out. And these are forces, these are experiences, this is energy, this is stuff you have stored in your system, these are blockages. They're very powerful. Very powerful. I was literally in an operating theater in some other dimension as they went deeper into finding other things which are almost precognitive that happened. This is not a joke. This is not a rave drug. Right? This is a very powerful medicine, energetic medicine. That if you're willing to let her work on you and you commit to this thing, is extraordinarily powerful. Fear is not a chant. <laughs> Fear is not like, oh, if I just meditated out of my system, I'd just go away. If I just read my 400th book in the self-help section of Barnes and Nobles, no, you are built by the universe. You are built by energetic forces. You are owned by energetic. This is a, you know, look under a microscope. That's what you're made of. It's not a thought that's going to make it disappear. It's part of it. But it's not all of it. You're having a mi the way you're constructed is the impact upon your physical body, emotional body, and your thinking. It's all one thing. I had a zillion thoughts, but the zillion thoughts that I thought were fine were radiating from the centrifugal force of terror. I had no access to that 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 giza from whence it came. This thing is, the way you're put together is huge. It's a whole mechanism. It's like a nuclear powerhouse. You know, it's not, again, sitting with another rape under 10, you know, certificates of PhDs. That's not what this is about. And no shade to anyone. We are limited in what we know. But this thing will deep, will dig deep into your system, the ayahuasca. And forget what happened in other lives. I don't know. We're recycled DNA, right? I don't know. Never been there. Don't know what that's about. But just in this lifetime, the amount of injury that can happen 
think about it in every second of your childhood, moment to moment, something that you're responding. If you're in an unsafe place, moment to moment, your body is responding, your thinking, your emotion, everything is responding. It's not just the one event. If someone is fucked up, they are recreating the same events over and over. This particular person, was he had a plan, he had a strategy, he was doing it over and over and over for his own agenda. It's like, you know, a Chinese torture, it's drip after drip after drip. That is affecting your system moment after moment. And if you're in that denial of that reality, that is what's building you. That's what's inside of you. And like a microscope, if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. It's only existing as an outcome, right? As an action that you have no origin for. So the thing is to go back into the origin, back into the furnace of where you were made, back into everything that is the truth about the reality seeing it, releasing it, cleansing it. Bye.